welcome back to another episode of the Curiosity Complex with me, Nat. Today, I have a fantastic guest on who I can't wait to hear about what he does for a living because although I know what his job title is, I have absolutely no idea what he actually does. So that'd be really interesting to find out. Um, currently, it's just me and the dogs and I have no idea if they're going to start barking at random noises they hear on the street. So if they do, I'm going to try and mute myself as best as I can. But yeah, you might get a bit of background noise every so often. Um, so yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Tom, introduce yourself. So I am Tom, I am 26, and I currently work as an assistant psychologist in HMP Berwyn. Oh, sick. Okay. Man, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, welcome on to the show. Um, Thank you very much. So I guess the best place to start is me and you know each other through uh, Bangor University. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty much all of my guests at the moment. I've, I've I never... mean, you've got to start yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I guess. So what um, what undergrad did you do? Did you do an undergrad at, at Bangor or was it somewhere else? No, I did my undergrad at Bangor, um, just straight psychology, and I did an international year as well. Yeah. And then did my MSc in, in Bangor as well. So I did straight psychology, and then I did clinical neuropsychology as my uh, master's degree. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was, the, uh, what was your thesis on in your master's? So it was brain damage, so it was TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, and the prevalence of OCD, which is oh. quite cool. That's amazing. That's so interesting. That's so yeah. interesting than my master's. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of work, though. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So um, you know, you now work in the prison. How long have you been working yeah. there? So it's just shy of a year. So I started last December. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, what were the... Like, what were the reasons? It's quite. It's not a job that you hear about very often. No, no. So, what well, were the things that made you get into that? Well, I've like so when I did my international year, I kind of like looked back and was like, right, well, what am I going to use this kind of uh, psychology degree for? Yeah. Um, and I figured that clinical psychology is probably the place I want to go to because it's about helping people really. So it's working with people with. Um, you know, like things like anxiety, um, depression, um, self-harm, suicide, stuff like that. So it's quite heavy, but it's, you know, working to help people. Yeah. Um, and then after my master's degree, I went into, um, I worked in a medium secure um, ward, so people with brain injuries. Okay, cool. Um, so it's kind of related to um, my master's degree, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a stepping stone. So um, yeah. you can't really just you need some experience to kind of get to be an assistant psychologist with my degree because I did pretty badly at my undergrad. So I had to do a, <laughs> had to do a master's degree to actually get somewhere. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so I worked there for a year. Um, pretty much had TVs thrown at me with people who'd been sectioned. And, you know, it was quite a difficult job. Yeah, it was quite difficult. Um, so it's like people who had been sectioned, so they couldn't really be in everyday, like, society because they were deemed dangerous or, um, you know, just yeah. functioning functionally weren't able to because it, like they'd all have brain injuries. Um, yeah. I worked there for a year, well, just shy of a year, um, and then managed to get a job in the prison. I was just applying because it's like a stepping stone. So, being assistant psychologist, um, people work as assistant psychologist for a couple of years before they uh, apply to do the doctorate degree in just okay. clinical psychology. Yeah. So it's like a stepping 
this down. Um, and yeah, so I applied last September and got the job and then had to wait for all the, the vet in police checks, whatever, and then to and started, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that you kind of, you know, sometimes I write questions down for guests and sometimes yeah. I write, And the problem I find with writing questions down for guests is that you answer half of them. Yeah, in, in sorry. The yeah. Things to say. <laughs> doing that. That'd be great, Tom. Thanks. Jesus. Oh, well, you know, someone's going to do your job for you, aren't they? <laughs> um, so my question was going to be, what would you, um, like, where do you see yourself in five years kind of thing? Where, where would you want to be? Well, I'm currently, I'm, I'm, I've started my doctor application. So, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. So that's, that'll be for next September. Yeah. But then I better go through like a load of uh, interview processes. I've got my application's got to be accepted and loads of different kind of nitty gritty kind of things to get through. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that's a three year course, but like it's for the NHS. So it's like 50% t- uh, time and be employed by the nhs and then 50 percent of the time be at university um and that, yeah like i said that's three years so then go yeah. from there um eventually would like to go into neuropsychology um but just kind of the minute just see where everything goes um because like like could be you know everything could change as soon as i get into the doctorate degree i could find that actually i enjoy um a different type of psychology like working with different people more yeah, than yeah. people with like brain brain damage for example yeah so, well, well we'll see um but at the minute the uh the application is pretty grueling it's pretty horrible yeah but yeah, yeah. Okay. so um you also you also mentioned there another question i had was yeah because i it's a really weird conversation uh, but I had a conversation recently with someone that was saying uh, a friend of theirs or a, a family friend, something like that, is going into a becoming a prison officer. Yeah. Um, and she was saying how the, the the vetting checks are like ridiculously difficult and like yeah. in depth. Yeah. Is that the same for you as an assistant psychologist? Yeah, because I, obviously I still work in the prison, so they've got to do all the same checks. So I go through the same vetting process. Yeah. Um, and it was horrendous. So it took two months, I think, for him to do. Yeah, and they look into you know all of your bank details and whether yeah. your parents have debt and things like that. You know. It's... Yeah, and then they also I think they're going to like if parents or family have had um, running with the police. I think as well. It's it's oh, really? it's horrendous. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they do in depth checks because they also I think they also like look into if you know family are in the prison system as well. Yeah. That's, okay. Uh, so then obviously you know say for example you've got like a cousin in jail they can't go to the prison where you're working yeah it's it's quite it's quite interesting but yeah Yeah. i mean that's just that's crazy in itself to be honest yeah yeah i mean yeah that's crazy so i guess because like like i said in the intro i have no idea what you necessarily i mean that makes two of us because i don't really know what i do sometimes i think i'm just winging it but (laughs) You know, <laughs> I do the best I can. So I guess the question that I thought of earlier was what is like a, can you describe like a typical day for you in the prison? Yeah. So, I mean, I have to get like, start work at about half eight. So I get there and then I've got to go through all like security and stuff, like fingerprint check to get through. Um, another fingerprint to get my keys out. Um, and then it depends on the day. So, Say, for example, I go into work tomorrow. Um, I run a group on coping with 
anxiety and low mood. So I run that in the morning um, with about 10, 10 of the men in the prison um, and run with another colleague. And then so midday we have like a handover meeting. So we talk about like any men with mental health issues that are currently um, say like on a downward spiral that aren't doing so well. Um, so we discuss them. Uh, and then in the afternoon, it depends. I might see like uh, like a one-to-one client and do CBT with them, for example, or CBT-informed therapy. Yeah. Um, I might do, say, work with people with PTSD and do some grounding skills or do some mindfulness with them so that to help them get through, you know, like say, for example, they're in flashbacks or they're having nightmares, stuff like that, you know, we do yeah. different techniques to, to help them. Yeah. Um, but it all depends. Like I, like I said, I run groups, so we do another coping skills group, which is for people with um, issues around emotional regulation. So, say for example, they self harm as a coping mechanism. Then yeah. we'll we kind of teach them skills to actually um, use different techniques to handle their emotions instead of you know just kind of I know I'm having a bad day. Let's cut my wrists. Or I'm having a bad day. Let me do like drugs, for example. Yeah, and yeah. kind of. Yeah, so they can regulate a bit better. Yeah. So for for all of this stuff, did you have like specific training you had to go through to learn how to run these courses with these type of people, or was it more kind of you were just thrown in the deep end? Um, it was a mix of both. So um, I got thrown in the deep end for the the group work that I do, um, yeah. but then at the minute I'm completing CBT level six, so wow. that's cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm doing level six, which it sounds it sounds more complicated than it is. So it's just like um, at the minute we go through, uh, like, what did we do? So it was so many hours in a classroom, so many hours with clients, um, and then we have to kind of do reports, whatever, write about that, and then yeah, I get like the certificate. So it's not really, you know, like it, it means I'm not a CBT therapist, but it means you know I'm qualified to dcbt to a decent level yeah um because obviously if i when i get on the doctorate eventually you know we do cbt we become like cbt trained yeah um so this is just kind of like a taster and it means i can do it within the prison um but yeah it's mostly just kind of throwing the deep end and you know go for it with <laughs> some with some you know i've got like the clinical psychologist when she was there she'd kind of She'd help, you know, and be like, well, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, yeah. and give it some guidance. So it was daunting, especially going into a prison. So it's uh, HMP Bowen is, I think it's the largest prison in Europe. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's massive. So at the minute, we've got 1,500 men there, and it's got capacity for, like, 2,100 or something. Yeah. Absolutely massive. It's like a, like a mini community, like, um, like a mini yeah. town. That's crazy. Yeah. So we've got, like, um, our own hospital. Well, it's not a hospital, but it's, like... Um, like a massive GP surgeon surgery with like a, you know, dentist, yeah. X-ray machine. You know, I work in that building. There's also forensic psychologists who do like stuff around anger management and you know, um, domestic abuse kind of work on uh, like rehabilitation with with that. Yeah. So it's mad. It's like so much. They've got 3G football pitches. What? They've got They've got a college in there. You know, because <laughs> so cool. Yeah, well, because it works like um, so. It's it's based on rehabilitation rather than just um, 
just like a penal system like in um, yeah. like America instead of like punishment it's like right well let's try and rehabilitate let's try and give you some skills yeah. um, there's even, I think there's even a call center in there as well so like the men are working a call center in the yeah, prison yeah. which I think is like an amazing job because it means they're being recorded so they can't actually get mad so they have to use like <laughs> techniques to calm themselves down if someone puts yeah. their phone down or whatever yeah. I think that's great I think that's great <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's like so much going on. Um, like I said, we've got like our own like little groups that we do in the college. Uh, yeah. And there's all different teams. So there's substance misuse teams. Um, literally everything. It's yeah. it's like um, it's busy, constantly busy. Yeah, I bet. So I guess I was gonna say, do you do you work with all of the inmates? But with that many, I suppose you have a. Yeah. So it's yeah. You kind of because I'm part. Of, the mental health team so we it's mainly people that are um having some kind of issue with the mental health yeah um which is kind of like mainly so i think most of the popular like the most population but like a high percentage suffer from like anxiety or depression or ptsd so you know we try and work with as many as possible but then some people don't want to be helped so there's only so much you can do yeah yeah a bit like, you know, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink sort of thing. Yeah, pretty much. You can lead yeah. a prisoner to a classroom, but you can't make them learn sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, good, good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I Like, it's an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, like, the opportunity I've given, like, getting to work with all these different people. And, you know, some of them, uh, some of the men there, they... Um, some of them have got like high like aspirations. Some of them like want to be counselors because obviously they've been through quite a lot themselves. And yeah, you know, it's 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 nice to see like because um, I think the stereotypical like is a prisoner is you know they don't want to be helped. They're in prison and you know they are a con and that's what they do. And yeah, yeah. no, it's it's just not like that. I think a lot of people have like quite misinformed about prison because I think a lot of people like label our prison like oh it's a holiday camp. Well, it's it's really not like they've got like a very small room, which sometimes I'll have to share with two, like there's two people in a room, for example. And, you know, it's you need to give them skills to actually, you know, when they get back into society to be able to kind of succeed yeah. rather than just be right. There you go back into a community and then they're going to fail. So, yeah, and they just end up back in prison again. Sort of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. So, we, you know, it's trying to work at, you know, keeping reoffender rates down because, you know, it's. If you have the more people you have in prison, the more like tax money you need at the end of the day, isn't it? So you kind of yeah. yeah. you should be looking at right. Let's rehabilitate. Let's get them back on the street, and let's you know give them the skills to actually succeed in life rather than fail. Yeah. So have you got? It sounds like you've got an insight into what it's like to to be in a prison, to be a prisoner. Oh uh, god, yeah. And it, how is that kind of? Because obviously, before you went and worked there you, you must have had preconceptions of what a prison was like yeah uh, and i know i do and i know a lot of people listening will do um so could you maybe explain a bit more about what it's kind of from your perspective and talking to people that actually you know live it what it's actually like living there i mean so like every i think every prison's different but, but um berwin we so like the regime is a bit because it's a category c prison so it goes um the lowest is category D, which is like an open prison. Yeah. Um, we're category C, and then obviously it goes all the way up to A. Um, so it's, the regime's quite not as strict. So I think I think they work on a system where if you're on basic on the basic regime, then you get you know you're locked in your 
in your cell for 23 hours a day and you get your one hour association time. Uh, uh, but then they can say, for example, they're good to get like enhanced. I think there's like some super enhanced now where they get like more gym sessions. Yeah. You know, they can go play football, you know, things like that. Um, so, I mean, like working, I mean, like, like working with prisoners, they like say, like, it's sometimes I think people think it's quite bad, like, oh, they're like, oh, Berwin, you know, it's a bit, you know, it's not the greatest prison, but actually the opportunity to get in, it's quite, it's quite good, to be honest. Like, yeah. we've got like a little hospital, they've got like all this gym, they've got a gym that's better than the gym I get out here, and they get it for free. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know they're getting all these like 3g pitches like you know i think they i think sometimes they don't realize like what they get is actually yeah. quite good and especially the mental health services i think um you know they complain about waiting time sometimes but um i think the waiting times there for the mental health team is quite good because um in the community it might be a lot longer yeah it's the same with the gp same with like dentist yeah. you know um but yeah, it's mad as well. Like, um, so a lot of the prisoners will, well, not a lot. I mean, there's obviously the small percentage where they, some of them, you know, like they brew their own alcohol, for example, like in prison. It's quite impressive. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I think well, it like, was. Is it like legally as like a legal activity or like on the sly? No, on the sly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, what was it over the, like, um, what big sports events do we have over the summer? I can't even remember now. Was it World Cup or was it? Yeah, it was World Cup. Yeah, of course yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so at one point they found forty liters because we, we call it hooch. Yeah. Um, forty liters of hooch in one man's room. What? So and he'd made that himself. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's quite impressive. Um, so I think I think he did it in his chair as well. So they have these really big plastic chairs which he'd managed to open up. Filled yeah. with water, filled with stuff to make alcohol. Yeah, that's it is impressive. Yeah, I mean yeah. sometimes you know um, they're pretty genius, and you think to yourself, like if you applied yourself to more legal activities, you know, you go quite far <laughs> in life. You'd be quite good at this. Yeah, yeah. Like, life thing. Uh, <laughs> some of them, some of them are very good brewers. Um, it's quite, <laughs> it's quite, uh, it's quite mad. Um, There's got to be. Yeah business opportunity there somewhere someone's oh, yes definitely yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean I they know. make they make it out of like just fruit like so for, say for example they get free food fruit that they can use and yeah. they'll just like um you know let it not rot but let it ferment yeah. with its sugar water um <laughs> i think they use like bread as well for yeast yeah 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 it's it's, it's mad that's uh, what they make of beer i love that yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like, so you say, for example, around Christmas time, uh, they'll have like more hooch. Um, New Year, they'll probably find like a lot more hooch because obviously they want to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, is there is there also a drug? Because um, you see, like American American TV, yeah, yeah, often depict a lot of drug usage in prisons. Is that the same for where you are? Yeah, I mean, so we have. Um, I think most prisons have an issue with they call it like spice or MPS, um, yeah. so it's like non psychotic substance, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's stuff like you know, like legal highs when they were about, so it's like a synthetic drug um, made out of like chemicals, and there's quite a big issue with that. Um, so people smoke that because 
um, in prison. They're not allowed to smoke tobacco, but they get like a vape to to smoke from. Yeah, okay. E-cig, yeah. and yeah. they'll put like the liquid into the e-cig and smoke it, or like have it soaked in paper, which they'll try and you know set on fire with a spark from like a kettle or from a TV or something. Wow. Then like they'll smoke that, and you know it could be anything. I think they were trying to make it themselves in prison which is from all these different chemicals mixing yeah. them together and you know getting high from it um and yeah. you know working in so like we work in an integrated system so being part of um the nhs the nhs kind of team in the prison you know i work with people in primary care who do a lot of like the nursing from you know like injuries they go out to people who've like cut themselves or whatever yeah. um and they have to go out and they'll you know, people are having quite bad reactions, a lot of smoking, so they'll be high as a kite, but then, you know, some of them might have a bad reaction. They might, like, have a very low respiratory rate, so they might stop breathing, yeah. um, you know. Essentially, people, like, can die. And we have, like, quite a bad issue, so if they smoke that, they... Obviously, we can identify if they've done it or not. You know, they'll be taken off the medication, say, for example, on methadone, or, you know, they're on... Um, like antidepressants or antipsychotics, you know, they'll end up getting taken off because they could react and that, you know, they could die. Yeah, yeah. And they're quite a big issue around that as well because people just want medication apparently in prison. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's mad. You wouldn't you wouldn't realize that, but yeah. Um, so people like want to be on antipsychotics and stuff like that, you know. And if they're on it and they get caught under the influence, then there's all like a massive thing where they'll they'll get taken off. Um, them drugs. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, people do so another one I heard, um, which you know, people do. Um uh, so methadone is like um a substitute for heroin, it's for helping them getting off like heroin and opiates. Yeah, yeah. Um so some people will actually swallow the methadone and then regurgitate it and then sell it on. What? <laughs> yeah, and they'll get a lot of money for it as well. Yeah, <laughs> you it's are uh, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, absolutely oh. disgusting, yeah. That's that is. I'm speechless. Yeah, it's it's pretty grim. So they'll um. So I think I think that someone said that they'll swallow cling film or something first, and then they'll have the method down, and then they'll regurgitate it and then sell it on to other people. Yeah. <laughs> In, it's yeah. It's it's oh another world. In, you don't you don't get told this when you you know, like if you didn't work in a prison, you wouldn't know. Not at all. Yeah, and people use, um, they call it the prison pocket, so, you know, orifices yeah. to oh, yeah. sneak things in, which, you know, happens through visiting. So people will visit and they'll, they'll pass things, you know, they'll hide it in all these different orifices and kind of, you know, yeah. take it out and pass it over. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's mad. And, you know, people, I think someone was saying someone managed to sneak in an iPhone what in an orifice i don't know no tom i don't want to know about that mate that is i know i'm just saying i mean that's um, it's kind of impressive <laughs> oh, just thinking about oh, it it's oh. like uh you know it's a big phone yeah <laughs> yeah it's um yeah a lot of a lot of things like that and i think <laughs> it's interesting as well because people will throw over so people will be outside the prison yeah and yeah. they'll throw over drugs using. I think they use. Um, do you know like what you have a dog toy in, and you'll yeah. throw like a tennis ball with. Yeah. Um, I, I think they use them to throw it over the walls. Um, it's just so they'll throw over a package with like this dog toy. Yeah. And hopefully people will pick it up for 
or yeah. Um, yeah, it's. And I think recently people have been trying to, because say for example, someone breaks a foot in prison, they'll get taken to the hospital outside of prison. Yeah. Um, so people have, you know, um, I think the latest one was someone dislocated their shoulder on purpose to get taken out to get a package from a hospital. Wow. And then take it back in with them, but obviously got caught in the process. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's it's mad. It's like, um, I think there is quite a you know like a, a big um, issue around drug use in prison, but you know I think there I think there'll always be that issue though because I think you know you you're putting people that are addicted to drugs in prison. Yeah. You, know, you can have that issue, you know, and people get bored as well. Like, say for example, you are one of the people on uh, basics, then you're locked up twenty three hours a day. You you're gonna be bored. You're gonna you know, let's let's might as well just get high instead of something. Yeah, yeah. Some people just get bored and they just want to get high. It's, yeah, it's, it's wow. quite mad. That is crazy. So, yeah. I mean, are the the yeah. people that you deal with? What are they? Uh, I don't know if you're actually allowed to tell me this, but what are their what are their crimes? In a, uh... Uh, well, I can, I think like I'm pretty sure most people it's because it's category C, so it's the cat like the categorization system is based off. Um, if they were released in the like, if they're in the public, like how, you know, bad would it be? So it's like okay. more notorious people will get to a high category because it's more at, at risk. It's something like that. I'm not 100. Yeah. Um, but it's normally like you know, like theft, burglary, um, stuff like that. But then there is people with, that are in there for murder. Um, there's no people in there like that. Um, uh, sex offenders. There's no pedophiles. Anything like that. Yeah. Um. So it's mainly just, I think, it's like lower kind of crimes, if that makes sense. So like, you know, yeah. like maybe GBH, ABH, whatever, um, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, drug yeah. drug offences as well. Well, I was going to say, it makes sense, doesn't it? If, if they're originally drug offenders, they're going to more than likely try and get back onto drugs at some point whilst they're yeah. in Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I think, you know... They do the obviously we do our best in there to kind of stop all that and you know, but there's still things that are going to just slip through the net really. Um, yeah, and you get like people like I say people on like all the methadone stuff and, and you know they'll find any way to abuse that if if they can. Yeah, but that's not everyone. It's only a small percentage really. It's you know it's not as it's not massive. Yeah, but it is still like a thing and it affects us as well. So like if something happens. It means, you know, we might not get appointments because, um, you know, if there's too many nurses out, like, trying to deal with all this, then it, you know, it can affect if they get their appointments over in the healthcare building because there's not yeah. enough to kind of be there if it is. Yeah. So like that, that kind of thing. So it's like a big knock-on effect, but... That must be really tough on the nurses. Do you, yeah. uh, do you ever work with the nurses or the other staff members? No, no, so I, I work with um, the mental health team and we have mental health nurses um, and it's oh. an integrated team so they'll do some um, core duties, they call it. So it's, you know, um, um, there might be the people like on call to kind of go to, um, say for example, someone's been found under the influence and they're not really breathing or someone's having an epileptic fit, they'll respond to that. Yeah. Um, and we have quite a close-knit team so like everyone, you know, even the primary care nurses, the mental health, we're all like quite close together. And yeah, um, that's you know, good. If, if one person's, yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, the um, yeah, it's nice because like, it's like like a big family in a way. Um, but then people, 
you know, you, you can notice, say, for example, someone's had a bad morning, you'll know because obviously you're working quite close proximity to everyone, you know, like if yeah. something bad's happened or like there's more uh, people being under the influence or something like that, you kind of know, like within yeah. the team, quite easily what's going on. Fair enough. So, how you mentioned earlier um, with the whole you, know, you have a fingerprint scanner to get in and things. Yeah. Um, and I, I heard a story. Uh, it was from a family friend who works in um, uh, Broadmoor. Yeah. Uh, the the big prison. Yeah. Uh, lots of famous people. Yeah. Famous for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, this person was saying. You know, they can't release uh, any kind of personal information. And there's like so many like security procedures. Is that the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's so uh, um, obviously we it's different for us because obviously I work for the NHS. So it's we still we have our confidentiality of the NHS, which is, you know, it's different to the prison. But it's still like where we wouldn't um, kind of name names outside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, we keep everything kind of tight lipped and you know it's works on like say for example um i can only say um something about someone else if they've allowed me to sign forms for example um they've like allowed me to discuss um say for example i was doing cbt with someone and they wanted me to um kind of write a report for the say for example the parole uh person yeah and i i could write a report but only with their consent yeah um and it's so. So I wouldn't share information with the prison either because um, being for the NHS, it's kind of different. So yeah. I don't freely share information with prison officers, for example, unless yeah. the uh, the person I'm working with is okay with that. Yeah, Does that okay. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's good, obviously, because you know we don't want to kind of tell. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's business, really. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. I could tell stories, but obviously just name. Yeah, yeah. I only asked that because that's kind of going towards my next question. Yeah. So what was the, uh, what are some of the experiences you've had there that kind of stick out in your mind as being a bit crazy or whatever? Like, there's actually nothing too crazy um, working in the prison because we don't have people that are really acutely unwell. Yeah. Um, you know, we do have people self-harm, so, you know, people have, have cut their own neck, um, oh, self-harming, trying to, you know, obviously end their own life. Um, yeah, it's not, nothing too crazy. I mean, I used to work on, a secu- like I said before about working on a secure ward, and I think yeah. this, the things that happened there were more crazy because there were people more acutely unwell. Yeah. Um, that's when I'd like people, like, throw TVs at me. Oh, yeah. Um, someone threw, they'd built like the whole massive Lego structure and they threw it at me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, been punched in the face, but that, that wasn't in the prison, that was in the, um, in the, uh, in the brain injury ward. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, that was, and all that for minimum wage as well. So it was oh, uh, <laughs> absolutely amazing. 12 <laughs> and a half hour shift, yeah. minimum wage. Yeah. And then you end up with a TV thrown at you. Um, and getting called every name under the sun. Yeah. But obviously, you know, people, they can't help it. You know, they've got brain injuries. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, you're doing your best to, to kind of help them rehabilitate. 
Um, and you know, if you get a few TVs thrown at you in the process, you know, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, saw far too many penises in that job as well. Like uh, people would tend to get it out, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It was absolutely like, uh, yeah, it was absolutely madness at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the prison, it's it's just not it's not the same. It's it's different, you know. People are more aware of what they're doing. Um, I think recently there was a thing on the news um, of my prison as well, where someone managed to get on the roof. Oh right, yeah. Um, that was quite interesting. So someone managed to climb a fence. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, like, they can climb like the the first fence, but then there's a big gap where you can't climb the other fence. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so they couldn't get out, but then they have these people called the nationals, and these people are they'll respond to anything that's going on. Say, for example, a riot, they'll respond and they'll come. Yeah. Um, and they they came to get him down, and yeah. he managed to climb further and then got onto a higher roof. And it was just yeah, I, I was off that day, so I didn't get to see it all, but oh. I saw it all on the news later on. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I know him. Yeah, I've worked with him. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nothing too crazy, you know. You get your, the odd like dirty protest where people will cover themselves in their own uh, feces, and yeah. you know, which is it's quite interesting because if they do that, they get put into a dirty protest cell, which has a shower in the middle, which can be controlled from the outside. So oh, no, you know, they oh, can oh, be showered uh, from the outside. That'd be horrible! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So. I mean, I, I guess the question leading on to that is, do you ever get, uh, like, you know, you said you've had TV thrown, TV thrown at you, etc. Yeah. Do you ever get told things that, like, proper shock you or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you, you hear things of, like, what happens um, on each, like, community. So we've got, like, three communities in the prison. Yeah. Um, people, We call them communities, but, like, say, for example, they're just wings, really, like what yeah. people would call wings. Yeah. Um, and you get like different things, like say for example, I found out a new term called spooning, which you know you might think, yeah, is, oh that's quite nice, you know, people spooning, yeah. Um, and it's actually say for example, someone has drugs in an orifice, they'll spoon it out. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how true that is, but you know, you hear it and you know it sticks with you. Yeah. So um, things that like, do you ever have to like deal with it in a in yourself you know you go wow that was pretty um shocking or whatever and then do you ever have to be like okay i'm gonna take a minute here or anything like that i mean like like when i've i mean luckily it's not happened when i've been you know like in a one-to-one situation yeah with uh with the men i've worked with um you know in the groups i've worked with people have said stuff like that yeah. and you just kind of have to ignore it You're just like right just kind of move on to the next topic yeah um and just kind of get on with it, because yeah, we get we get a lot of prison politics. Get a lot of people that are angry with the prison. People, you know, angry with the officers around them, and you know, sometimes we have to build the brunt of it. Yeah, I mean that you're you're doing a really good job, Tom, because you've just led into my next question absolutely perfectly. Yeah, um, you're. You know, it's almost like it was planned. It almost is, but <laughs> listening, he has no idea what these questions are, so he's doing a really good job. Um, what is I mean, there's like general, general talk within the media um, of like slating prisons a lot of the time. You know, like it's kind of, oh, they're overcrowded, or the prison yeah. officers are doing their job right, or yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, how kind of how true is that from your perspective? 
Um, I think it, it varies from officer to officer. I mean, you get some people that, you know, it's there might be a bit of an abuse of power. Um, yeah. People that like the power. Um, but then you get some officers that are absolutely amazing. Some, some that are so good with each individual they work with. Um, and it, it just kind of varies. But I think on the whole, I think it's mostly good officers that work there. You know, it's, yeah. Um, you know, people that, you know, anyone that kind of steps out of line tends to be dealt with quite, quite quickly, like no disciplinaries, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but you also, like, you'll, you'll know if, if um, an officer might not be good at his job because, you know, the prisoners or just, they'll openly say that this guy is, is not good. This guy's, uh, you know, is a bit yeah. crap at his job and they'll, 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 they'll happily tell you that. Yeah. Um, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If if they don't like an officer, yeah. Um, but I think I think the most of it is is just actually uh, officers keeping to the word that they like the most, um, um, just talking to them normally, you know. Yeah. They just they just want to count, kind of want to be seen as a human rather than you know just being like oh you're a you're a con or you're a prisoner and that's all you're good at. But actually, they like want a conversation. They want people to listen. Yeah, um, there is a big stigma, isn't there? Between yeah, the, the prisoner, the whole prisoner thing is quite a big. I don't know whether films have glamorized it or the opposite. You know, there's kind of always a. If someone says, "Oh, he's in prison," you just immediately go to like um, overcrowded American prisons where the toilet isn't working and everyone's shanking each other, sort of thing. Yeah, it's definitely not like that. So when I uh, before I started, I got to um, I got shown around the the prison by uh, my old boss, and she was showing me around. And the first thing I thought of was uni halls. It looked like, you know, halls of residence. Yeah, yeah. It, it like the room, for example, is it looks like uni halls. Like you've got your sitting <laughs> you you <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like spot That's on. Like, so funny. <laughs> you've got like this little desk, um, you've got this little bed, yeah. and then you know, and especially like say for example in Bangor, if you lived on Thrift site and you got them halls like the newer ones yeah and you've got like this little corner which is your bathroom and your yeah. shower the only difference is, is there's no door to your shower that's all you've got like a little curtain and that's it <laughs> i mean it's pretty much hall's residence um and then you might get um a lot of, we've got shelter at shelter sure i can't say that um where they'll have two men in a room rather than yeah. just one yeah and that is just like hall's residence with two beds in it and it's mad yeah. Um, it's so, definitely yeah. not like, uh, but Berwyn's a new prison, so it's been open like two and a half years, three years. Okay, so it's yeah. you know it's a bit more modern. It's um, it's definitely not your stereotypical American, you know, ten people in one room kind of prison. Yeah, yeah. Because you uh, see those programs like Ross Kemp, people like that, like <laughs> yeah, it's the world's worst prisons in Ecuador, and it's just like seven <laughs> yeah. beating the shit out of each other, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not that. Uh, it's a lot more, it's a lot more laid back than that. You know, you do yeah. get, obviously you, of course you get your fights and you've got all this like, you know, prisoners where they'll, you know, they don't want to look, show any weakness in front of another prisoner. Cause you know, yeah. it's, yeah. if you show weakness, you know, people will get you. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not like that. Yeah. It, there's, there's some of it, but you know, it's probably not as, as bad as it is, as it seems, like especially you know, you get all like, like say the you know the glamorized, is it glamorized? But it, it you know, like it, 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 isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, you get like people like in the cells just working out, and it, you know, it's not like that. Yeah, demonizing it, demonizing yeah. it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, we should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and you know they've got their exercise yards, which are quite nice. They've got like equipment, and then they've got um, what is it? They've got like, little exercise rooms um, on each kind of floor. No, it's like so. There's four floors in in the in each block, and I think there's two kind of exercise rooms where they've got like treadmills, um, yeah. stuff like you know, like stuff like that to work out with. Yeah. Um, and then they've got like a really nice gym, which they can go to with um, like good behavior and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. That's yeah, it's, it's 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 so weird going from when <laughs> you've not worked there, you go into this prison and it's like a small town. Yes, yeah. it's, it's mad. It is it's so different, and you've got like people growing like vegetables in there. So we've got like a little horticultural job that they can work as where they yeah. they're growing corn at the minute. I think. Oh, sweet. Um, got little greenhouses where they're growing like chilies and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I think they've even got like hens. They've got chickens. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, it is. It's, it's like yeah, it's like little jobs. Yeah, oh, it's sweet. You get their own eggs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, though, I, I don't think they're allowed to eat their eggs because oh, of so it's health, health and safety. <laughs> oh, so other stuff. That's fair. Yeah, um, but I, um, I, someone was telling me as well when they first opened and they first did that. Um, they had to kind of move where the chickens were because apparently a couple of them went missing. <laughs> and the series that people uh, managed to, a couple of them then managed to get hold of them and uh, cook them oh themselves. Oh my God, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mad. Like the, the things that they, um, the men will, like what they use the kettle for so they can cook, like they can bake like cakes in the kettle. and um, the kettle. Yeah, in the kettle. Um, oh. They make ke- kettle curry, they call it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, they'll cook a curry in the kettle. Um, yeah, ingenious, you know. That is unreal. I love yeah. that. <laughs> curry. I want to try that. It is. It's, it's, the thing is, as well, like, because so, obviously I've worked there for quite a while now, like, it just becomes normal. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so people might like to hear this, but, you know, you don't realize. <laughs> Like that, like how something isn't normal, really, and it's not normal yeah. to cook a, a curry or a cake in a kettle. Yeah, or to, you know, yeah. to light a cigarette by actually, you know, cutting wires in your TV and making a spark. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's crazy. Kind of a you know, like a crazy story. Um, so we had one of the guys that turned up to our group, and he turned up a bit late and looked a bit. Um, a bit annoyed and we were like you know are, are you okay you know what's up yeah. um and he was annoyed because um he just had an argument because he had to pay for a new tv because he blew it up by trying to throw like, a cigarette off um off his tv he blew up a tv yeah he blew up a tv <laughs> oh. um, just trying to get it so because obviously they're not like cigarettes but he managed to obviously get hold of them and uh yeah wow. and uh yeah, and it's it's quite weird because the the currency in the prison. So the, obviously the men don't need they don't have money, yeah. Uh, but they'll trade um, things for um, vapes. Okay, right. So like um, the little cartridges that you put in the in the in the vapes, they'll they'll trade them. Yeah. So you could buy like say for example drugs, you could buy them with vapes. <laughs> it's quite mad. Yeah. So instead of like you know, give us a fiver and you can have you know, whatever. It's give us uh, give us two vapes and you know you can have this. 
Yeah. That's just yeah. I mean, like you say, you keep. I mean, you, you keep saying it, but it's so ingenious the way that they can get around this. And yet they're in, they're in yeah. a prison. Like say, if they if they related that to like a proper job in a legal sense, then yeah, they could be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and you get some super smart people, but they've had such bad upbringings, you know, um, and they've just um, what do we call it? we call it shit life syndrome, where they've had such a bad upbringing that they, you know, it's just you feel sorry for them because they probably would have done a lot better if they was in you know like a nurturing loving home rather than you know um, in an environment where say for example the parents could have been alcoholics or they could have been on drugs and yeah it's just just, you can see how these people are so bright but then they've just not had the same opportunities other people have just because of the household they've grown up in and it's just you feel so sorry for them and you're like I just want to take you home and give you a good kind of you know good upbringing and because some of these people are like 18 years old and you know it's just like you just need good opportunities in your life and yeah you'll probably yeah. make something good of it 100 yeah i mean I, I guess that's that's pretty true throughout isn't it you kind of we're products of our environment a lot of the time so if yeah. you know, someone's gonna yeah. gonna be part in uni it's often gonna be a an upbringing thing rather than a straight up personality behavioral thing yeah, exactly. I mean, there's obviously genetic factors which, you know, come into it. Some people yeah. might be more prone to addiction. Some people might be more prone to anxiety or depression. Um, but obviously, if you're not brought up in a, a good environment, then you're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to be able to have these skills to look after yourself or, you know, you're not going to have these skills to kind of deal with emotions properly. And then that's where it leads to, you know, all these kind of, you know, PTSD, well, not PTSD, but, you know, depression, anxiety, yeah, yeah. you know, personality disorders and, and things like that. Yeah. And this is because they've had all these, these bad upbringings. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unfair at times, but, you know, this is, you know, part of my job is to kind of help them get yeah. to, you know, a better place. Yeah, it must be really fulfilling, your job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely is. So, you know, when I've worked with people and, and you can see that they've used skills that I've helped to kind of give them, um, it's actually, yeah, it's quite nice, like, to to see that they've used the skills that you've given them and yeah. they've managed to get through, like, quite a stressful, you know, time. And yeah. they've not, like, say, for example, they've not self-harmed in that situation where normally they would have. And it's just like, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's like a little victory for yourself and quite validating as well oh, that actually yeah that's crazy you know this 50 grand of debt from university is actually worth it you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've helped one person it is worth my 50 grand of university debt and yeah. five years at uni yeah yeah so. <laughs> that's good to hear. i'm glad i'm glad there's light in the tunnel for everyone <laughs> yeah um, and the thing is i'm just one of the, the the very few people that use a psychology degree to watch for actually psychology so yeah. True, true. My my last guest. Um, well, I'll, I'll be releasing episodes um, before this one, but my yeah. latest episode with Luke, um, he went from he got a psychology degree and now he's working for uh, Mercedes F one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's, it's just... crazy. I just don't. I don't understand how you get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> understand. But yeah, it's it's good to it's good to see that someone is actually using psychology for. Yeah, I mean. Like it's it, the thing is, it's like it, it, it's so disheartening because you know I, I applied for about you know like a hundred of like the assistant psychology jobs, got rejected from all of them, oh, and then geez. just like the lucky one, you know, that you do get, you know, it's yeah. 
you know, it's nice because um, it's like the doctorate that I'm applying for. It's only 15% of applicants get actually onto the doctorate. So, wow, you know, it's a lot of rejections to get where you want. Yeah, so yeah. it's actually nice when you've, when you get there, you help someone and you're like, oh, I've actually feel like I've, uh, I've done something decent there. Yeah. You know? However, you know, we do get a lot of people that, um, you know, that don't want help. So say, for example, what did I get the other day? Uh, someone stopped CBT, uh, the process I was doing CBT with them, um, because um, they didn't want me to get in their head uh, just for fun. And I'm like, um, it's okay. not for fun. You know, it's not, <laughs> this isn't something that I'm doing for fun. This is, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, don't think so highly of yourself. You know, I'm getting paid to do this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, you do get like moments where, you know, like sometimes it's frustrating because, you know, they don't want to be helped or, you know, they just don't grasp the therapy that you're doing with them. But then, you know, you do get people that do understand the therapy and they do get it and they, you know, they do kind of get through, you know, that dark patch that they're in. Yeah. Um, I think it's more so with the groups that you see it as well. Like, um, cause you get these people like they come to this, say, for example, we call it the coping with anxiety and low mood. We call it calm group. Yeah. Um, they'll turn up to that and you'll see them like they'll be in the shells. They don't want to talk to anyone that the, the low in mood. Um, and then by the, like, the end of the six weeks that we do it for, you know, they're, they're talking to everyone, you know, they're actually up and about, you know, you can see like, they've actually got energy they want to do things and it's nice to see like the yeah, difference yeah. And, you know we we do a, we use something called a phq score which is um patient health questionnaire and it's just to check like you know depression scores and you know you, you see them score quite highly in it you know like which shows that they've got quite bad depression and at the end of it they're scoring a lot lower and you're just like oh actually this is working you know yeah, like, yeah. i'm actually doing something decent uh, because I, I just couldn't, like, I've, I've never been able to work in, like, retail or anything like that. I used to work in a coffee shop, and I used to think, I'm working to make one person richer, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I've always wanted to work to help someone and not kind of be this cog in a machine, if it, you know, like, kind of thing. So I've always wanted to help people, and I think this it's so, like you say, it's gratifying to, to do it. Yeah, I bet, yeah. That's amazing. So... I want to get pretty deep on you. Uh, Go on, then. Um, yeah, you ready? Um, I'm ready. <laughs> I hope so. Um, have you have you grown at all as a person since you kind of working there and in the other prison? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, not, not the, the prison, but the other ward. Yeah, so, I mean, we did. So, um, when I started, we used to run um, a therapy called DBT, which is Dialectical Behaviour Therapy. Yeah. And I'd never really done it before. Like, I'd never really heard of it. And it was yeah. all new to me. And, you know, we got chucked into the deep end. And one of the things we do is um, we meet up uh, as a team with, with no patients, with no clients, whatever. And we kind of do all the techniques that they would do. We do them ourselves. So it's kind of, you know, um, you, you know you're, showing them, you're showing them how to do it. But then it's like, right, you should do it yourself and, and see how it works. Um, and in that we did mindfulness and I've always been like, oh, mindfulness, you know, it's all, it's a load of toss. It's, you know, it doesn't work. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, sitting silently, you know, doing, you know, just kind of like meditating or whatever, you know, talking to yourself in your head, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and I used to really just be like, it's just nothing. It doesn't work. Um, and I think I started doing that and, you know, we had to do it. 
And the more I did it, I'm like, oh, this actually works, you know, this kind of, I like this, you know, I, you know, it helps calm me down, you know, regulate my breathing. And, and yeah. it, you can actually see, like, oh, my God, it's actually working for me. Um, so, I mean, that's something that's become more of a thing that I do. Mindfulness keeps me calm, you know, less stress. But then also, like, different principles of each therapy I do. So a major one in, like, CBT is we, we, we teach um, about cognitive flexibility. And in that, we do um, thought traps. Um, and, and that is, like, say, for example, you know, you have this automatic thought, you know. Um, say, for example, oh, I can't do this. And then it's like, well, that's a thought trap right there. Like, that I'm, yeah. I'm having, you know, I'm you know i don't know that you know i'm just catastrophizing or you know that's black or white thinking and then actually challenging my own thoughts and it's you know every time i'm telling someone else to do that um i'm kind of training myself yeah yeah and you know it's it, that's really good i think that kind of my stress levels in general just come down because of that which is nice um but also like it's just you find different things in each thing that we teach you know so um, in the DBT as well, we did uh, radical thinking, um, not radical thinking, radical acceptance. And uh, that's kind of um, accepting, you know, that things are sometimes bad and actually that's, it's okay. Um, but the more you dwell on that, you know, the more painful it's going to be. So some things you just kind of have to accept. Um, and I use that a lot when I'm stuck in traffic, when I'm late for work, um, yeah. that actually, you know, I've got to accept this, you know, I'm late for work, you know, yeah. there's some absolute pillocks driving but you know what you know the more i rage the more pain it's going to cost uh, like it cause in the long run so just chill yeah. um you get to work when you get to work kind of thing and i mean so, so i think i've noticed that about myself um i think i'm just a lot more accepting um of just you know being in a prison you you, you have that um opinion that every prison is bad and that is definitely not the case and i think working in a prison i've seen that yeah, an experience that actually, you know, not everyone is bad in prison. You know, some people are in there because of, you know, crappy childhoods. Um, you know, like it's sometimes it's not their fault, and they've just been given a bad hand. And yeah, yeah, you know, it's. I think that's like a, a big thing that I've had to, like, kind of confront with myself, which is, you know, it's nice to kind of grow a little bit. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so interesting. I yeah. Love- I love, I love that. You know, you're sitting in traffic, you're like, okay, I can't do anything about these terrible drivers. Yeah. It's, but this is how it is. You know? it, it, it is. It's mad because it's like, um, it's just like one thing in this like therapy that really stood out to me. And it's just like, right, you know, if I, the more I stress, the worse I'm going to feel. So just accept I'm stuck in traffic. It's my fault. I woke up late, you know, accept that. You know, you're going to get to work when you get to work. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And cause you less stress in the long run. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. And you need that sometimes. Yeah. You definitely need it, especially uh, working in a prison. Yeah. All right. Well, that is um, the perfect place to finish this podcast. Um, yeah. With with five minutes left until the hour, so that's also perfect. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. That is. No, thank you for having me. I mean, proper change my perception, man. Proper change my perception. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully everyone listening, that's the same for you as well. Um, no worries. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you very much for having me. Well, yeah, you're more than welcome. Um, I'll come back when I am Dr. Jump. 
<laughs> I cannot wait for that. So Give me five years and I'll be back. <laughs> I mean, if this is going to go for five years, we're going to be, <laughs> and we're both going to be happy at that point. Maybe um, at some point. Yeah, I know. I, I I'm 100 going to get you on again. I don't know what we talk about, um, but anything, like, anything you want, I don't mind. Yeah, no, neither do I. I, I, I <laughs> literally, every guest I get on, I'm like, "What do you want to talk about?" And they're like, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Well, neither do I." So let's just chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Okay, cool. No um, right. Well, yeah, I'll. Um, uh, yeah, there's not much else to say really. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for having me. Like I say, anytime I, yeah. I will. Uh, I'll come back on. Lovely. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, if you have any have any questions, uh, do ping me a message. Um, check check the curiosity complex out on um instagram facebook all that sort of thing and uh i guess tom you're probably going to share this when i release it on your social pages as well uh maybe maybe yeah yeah <laughs> fair enough if you don't know <laughs> <laughs> depends yeah. if i want people to hear my voice <laughs> with your thick lancashire accent. <laughs> my thick lancashire <laughs> accent yeah my lovely lancashire accent the dulcet tones i mean thing is can you have <laughs> subtitles on this so they can actually understand me i mean i could probably transcript it with my voice <laughs> a little less um, northern <laughs> <laughs> now nah, people will love it man people will love it um all right well that's goodbye from me and goodbye from tom and yeah i'll see i'll see everyone in the future mm-hmm.